Welcome to the Questions of Faith podcast. I'm Brad Stevens here with Dr. Timothy Laredo, and today we're asking the doctor about technology. It's up the devil, right? <laughs> yeah, so we're going to walk through some principles about technology and how the Christian ought to think about how to handle that. While the Bible doesn't specifically uh, use the word technology, technology is all throughout Scripture. And so let's look at what the Bible has to say about some principles about walking through technology and how we ought to think about it from a Christian perspective. All right, well, I'm super excited about this topic today. We've been dancing around it in our personal conversations for the last couple weeks now, Um, just technology and different advances, like crazy advances Mm -hmm. in technology over the last, you know, six months even, Mm -hmm. and how you've kind of started planting this thought in my mind that the church might have to actually address some things on down the road ethically with technology and, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there's there's some crazy stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And um, we could get into specifics of different things, but um, uh, where are we kind of going with today? And what are you thinking about? Yeah. So when we think about technology, a lot of times we might immediately gravitate towards things like smartphones, mm-hmm. computers, the internet, or artificial intelligence. However, technology has been part of human civilization since its beginning. From the invention of the wheel to the printing press, technology has continually changed the way that we live our lives and how we interact with other people, right? And how we interact within society. And so as our world becomes more and more technologically advanced, Mm -hmm. it's natural for us to kind of wonder, okay, how do these technological advancements how do they impact our spiritual life, right? How do they change our way of thinking about the, you know, this technology and spiritual things? How yeah. do they inter- intertwine? And so I want to walk through in this episode some principles for thinking about how do we as Christians interact with technology in this ever-increasing technologically dependent world? And what the Bible might have to say about that. And so that's kind of what we're going to walk through. It's kind of interesting what you said about how like technology, like 50 years ago, mm. it was cutting edge <laughs> at the time. And now we just like laugh mm, at sure. using you know, computers the size of rooms and things like that. But, you know, when the printing press came about, yep. it was cutting edge technology. Yeah. And that had a great impact on the whole world. But like sure. first book was the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, massive yeah. spiritual impact. And I heard someone say before that we're going through the greatest communication shift in 500 years Mm. with technology and the internet and communication at your fingertips instantly. It's the biggest thing in the last 500 years. So we can harness that medium for Mm -hmm. a lot of good. Mm -hmm. But as we all know, there's a lot of evil out there. The devil's going to use tools as well. Yeah. And thinking about how do we ethically, uh, you know, morally walk through these things And so one of the things just off the top of this episode I want you to know is that that introduction that I just gave you was created by an artificial intelligence. Oh, no way. Are you serious? Yeah. Chat GPT? Yeah. So Chat GPT wrote that intro that I just talked about. (laughs) I just put in a question about, about, uh, you know, what, how might Christians interact with, uh, with. Wow. uh, Yeah. Okay. People just stop, like rewind and go back and listen to that. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. So if you're unfamiliar with what chat GPT is, it's an artificial intelligence like Siri or Amazon Alexa. 
that you could plug in and ask a question and it's going to spit out an original response. Mm -hmm. But they've grown it to where it's not just kind of like point and shoot, asking questions, getting an answer, but it can actually compile thoughts and ideas and communicate um, conversationally. Yes. And it is completely original in the fact that it's not Mm -hmm. copy and paste from... Mm -hmm. It's uh, not like a Google search. Exactly. It's taking all the information, but then creating an original response. And even based upon your previous conversation. Exactly. It grows and builds. And I've asked it before and it is constantly learning Mm -hmm. from... I mean, you need to go check it out. It really will blow your mind. We had some fun with it here in staff meeting once. We had it like write a worship song Mm -hmm. and it was great. (laughs) We had it... We had it write a children's Sunday school lesson on... On Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's a big that's yeah. a big story. That's got some heavy hitting stuff in it. Yeah. But it dumbed it down, and it was a phenomenal Sunday school lesson. Mm. We even had it uh, write a three point sermon, end it with a poem. You mm. know, a classic mm-hmm. on uh, God's will. Mm. It did great. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it can even um, uh, they have iterations of it that can make pictures mm-hmm. that you ask it to make a welcome graphic for mm-hmm. your church for Easter. Mm-hmm. It did better than I could. So, I mean, there's my job. So, it, it, it's crazy. But, you know, there's the there's the things of like, um, if it starts replacing, you know, mm-hmm. people and jobs, yeah. what's, what's the implications yeah. of that? Yeah, and man? what is the ethical implications? Yeah. Like, so I could have just passed off that introduction uh-huh. as though I, like, oh, I created it. Right. Such the doctor words right, to that use. I was the one who originated that. Yeah. And insane. and I did ask the, the, the artificial mm-hmm. intelligence the question. But I didn't make that answer. Right? Yeah. I didn't make that response. Right As, now, this is a big problem in colleges. Yes, it's and a huge I mean, issue. It can right write now. your essay yeah. and your dissertation, if right. you will. <laughs> yeah. So as uh, as a seminary professor, I, uh, I you know I have a tool. That it's called Turnitin, which is a program that if somebody copies and pastes something from the internet, it will let me know. Right. Mm. Um, so, you know, a couple of times I've had to, uh, you know, yeah. help some students out who were, uh, struggling with plagiarism because they, but had, what if what they've pasted in is, is a, not a copy, is exactly. but it's an original piece of work created right. by an AI. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. To take it's ownership insane. of that and say, yeah. I created that, um, you know, could, is, is an ethical question, yeah. which, um, the church, you know, and Christians mm-hmm. have never had to deal with, uh, as far as do I, you know, uh, disclose? Should I? Am I ethically responsible to disclose that this came from something that I didn't create? Just like um, you know, it's ethical to cite sources when you you know get something from somebody else that you don't steal that. It's called plagiarism, right? You For sure. You uh, give uh, proper citation to where you got that from. We've so, even talked though, like on the medical side of things. I mean, technology is advancing in such an insane rate that mm-hmm. you feel that we're going to be able to start extending life a little bit. And I mean, imagine 15, 20 years from now, mm-hmm. you know, we may even have, you know, 3D, 3D printed, printed yeah. you know, organs mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, what happens when we start playing God, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. we're, we're starting to branch out? You know, there's, there's a lot of things that you, as you have said to me, the church is going to have to start, you know, acknowledging these mm-hmm. things yeah, yeah, and, and creating a stance on them. Mm-hmm, yeah. And beginning to think about what are the moral implications of technology as it advances. And so in this episode, I want to just outline uh, five basic principles to think about technology and think about it from within a Christian worldview that scripture outlines.
Okay, so we've blown our minds here at the beginning, and then you know the the world is definitely ending. <laughs> so, um, uh, but as the world burns, um, how should we be looking at technology? What's some principles? Yeah. We should so get the into? first principle I really want us to get a hold of as a foundation is to recognize that technology fundamentally is a amoral tool. Okay, and what I mean by that is fundamentally technology doesn't have in and of itself a moral stance right so an iphone or the internet uh, as a thing as a entity it does not have moral good or bad it's amoral right it's not either good or bad but it's how it's used that determines its morality right so Technology fundamentally is amoral. It's neither morally good intrinsically or morally bad intrinsically, but it's it's a tool, and how that tool is used mm-hmm. then becomes the basis for how we would determine its morality. And yeah. Paul or Peter talks about, you know, he says, you know, whatever you your hand finds to do, do it for the glory of God, right? So whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So from a Christian perspective, thinking about technology as a tool, we would want to think of it of, uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but how we can use it for the glory of God. How can, how can it be used morally good? And to recognize that fundamentally it is amoral. It's not um, right or wrong, good or bad as an intrinsic tool, but it's how it's used. And nowhere in Scripture is is this technology this tool of technology is it condemned as inherently evil uh, and instead scripture shows that technology and tools can be used both for good and for evil um so you think about like david and goliath david used the technological tool of a slingshot uh we, we maybe we you wouldn't think of that as a technology tool but it really is yeah it's an advancement in weaponry that would be able to s- sling a stone uh-huh. way faster than you could physically Throw do it. it. Yeah, with your <laughs> arm. And so he used that tool for good, and God used that for good. And then you look at uh, some other uh, examples that we might think Paul of. and the letter. Mm-hmm. I mean, major oh, yeah. technological yes. advancement. And, and letter is a little more in-depth than we think of today. It was mm. not just, you know, lick an envelope, throw a stamp on. Yes, it I mean, was you've... really cost. Uh, you know, it cost a lot. It was yeah. expensive to do and was... Uh, you had to write it mm-hmm. and then someone sent it and mm-hmm. took it. And mm-hmm. usually, if I'm not mistaken, someone read it as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. You know, the person that, that took it. So, yeah. you know, that this process, though... Was an advancement in technology. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. yeah, and even the tools that were available at the time. And I mean, Jesus got on a boat mm. to spread his voice mm-hmm. across the water. Sure. I mean, you think, like, that ain't technology. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's something... I yeah, but then you look at, like, Jonah used a boat... To go away from God, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So the, these, you thinking about broader spectrum, thinking about technology, um, you know, we want to recognize that it can be used both for good and for evil. It's intrinsically, it's a tool that is amoral. Um, and so when we think about that, our technology, such as the internet and social media and smartphones and even things like chat GPT and these other things, uh, and artificial intelligence can be used both for good and evil. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what I want us to recognize in this is that fundamentally technology is amoral, but that doesn't mean it's morally neutral. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is that is, is that 
the moment we use it, every time we use it, we are doing it in a way that has moral implications. Okay, so the tool itself, so say let's just use your smartphone for example, that technology left in a vacuum by itself is amoral, right? It has it's neither good nor bad, it's neither evil or righteous, right? For sure. Yes. But the moment I begin to use it, it's going to swing one way or the other. Right. Very it, interesting. Exactly. And so that the that's a fundamental uh, understanding of what we as moral creatures, our interaction with with technology, every time we do, it is an action of morality, whether we use it for good or for evil. But we should make a distinction between saying that the technology itself is inherently evil or inherently good. No, it's how it's used, and every time it's used, it is used for either um, morally good or morally evil ways. So rabbit trail question here. I've heard this argument and I'm not sure if I agree with it, but I want to ask you, is that moral pendulum swinging back and forth, is that based upon the creator or is that based upon the consumer? Um, TikTok, for example, Instagram reels, they're short, Mm -hmm. very quick hits of entertainment that are, it has been argued in this argument that are, they are physically created to be addictive. Mm. Next video, next video, mm-hmm. next video. So this piece of technology, the TikTok algorithm or the mm-hmm. Instagram or Facebook reels and then YouTube shorts, those things are made to be quick and fast and to keep you scrolling and keep you going. They say they are made to be addictive. Mm. So is that fault on the creator or is that fault on the consumer who keeps scrolling? Mm, so you, you, see, you see where I'm coming from yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting thought. Very I don't know good. How I yeah, feel about it? Yeah. So actually, we're kind of going to get into that in one of the other principles. Ah, so okay. can we can we save that? Yeah, for absolutely. A because we're going to talk about that in in one of the later principles, talking about how that uh, we have to recognize that some of these technologies that we have, uh, their underlying factors in the way that they work, and so to recognize. Maybe they, for me personally, they could be causing me moral mm. harm. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't say that they're inherently evil because you could be, uh, you know, if you if you had uh, all these TikToks that were about scripture and that were about the Bible and that were about, you know, righteous things, um, inherently we wouldn't say maybe, you know, is, yeah. is it wrong to be addicted to, uh, <laughs> to, to scripture uh-huh. content and to uh-huh. biblical preaching yeah. and those type of things, right? Um, but anyone that has a for you page knows that it's not all scripture. <laughs> exactly right, and so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit in yeah, one of the good. other principles. But I think that at this point, it's important for us to recognize that fundamentally, in and of itself, it's amoral. Right, and but they do these technologies do they're trying to do things they can try to they're trying to be used in a certain way, and the way in which they're trying to be used um, as we consume them can lead to moral uh, implications, right? And so we want to be wise about that and recognize what's going on. And and as, you know, technology continues to expand, um, technology can, you know, best be thought of as this tool that can expand the moral choices of its human users. So what I mean by that is, Technology, it expands the ability for hum- humans to live out what's already in them morally, 
So the person that is... Hidden behind a screen? Yes. Okay. That is, you know, uh, morally um, compromised or wants to follow after things that are ungodly, the technology allows them to go into that with greater ease and more uh, deeper depths and those type of things. But that was already in their heart to begin with. It didn't create it in their heart, but it gave them easier access to it, and it allowed them to expand in their ungodly, uh, unholy you know, heart that was there. And the same is true on the opposite end, that technology as a tool can expand the, 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 the righteous heart and can expand the, them to spread the gospel. To greater lengths than, than, you know, without technology they would yes. be able to do. So basically, it, it makes things easier. <clears throat> mm-hmm. For the good or for the bad, it's going to be easier. And it, it expands and exposes uh, the heart of humanity. And whether or not you're wanting to go to the good side or the, right. the bad side. How you're going to use this tool humanity. for either moral good or for moral evil. The tool itself is fundamentally amoral, but how we use it, uh, every time we use it, it impacts us morally. All right, so it's exposing what's in our heart. Mm-hmm. So going forward, yeah. what's next? So the second principle I want us to think about is that the Christian should not fear technology. So Paul told Timothy, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. And there are, within certain Christian groups, this posture of distrust towards technology and a desire to want to reject any type of new technology out of fear that it is um, somehow you know, evil or wrong. And the problem with this posture, uh, besides the fact that it's not a biblical posture, <laughs> is the fact that it's impossible to be consistent. Because where do you draw the line on what technology is okay and what technology is bad, right? So you can look at like even groups like the Amish, who are averse to technology uh, as a whole, but yet they do use technology. They just cut it off at a certain time period, right? They use all sorts of technological advancements such as, um, you know, the wheel and hammers and uh, forging and those types of tools. Fire. Yeah, fire, (laughs) yeah, and saws. They've just, they've chosen a point which where they're going to cut off technology. Um, And so... To f- uh, it, really, what I found for a lot of people is that um, the fear of technology often comes from a lack of understanding how it works and a fear of what it might do without really understanding it's it's fundamentally just a tool like any other tool that we might have. But just because maybe I don't quite understand all of how a tool might work doesn't mean that it's inherently bad or evil, right? So, you I mean, you think about it even fundamentally, I don't understand how all of my car works, right? Cars are so complicated nowadays with so much technology. But I don't fear my car. I don't mm-hmm. fear um, using it as a tool to get from point A to point B. My computer, I don't understand how computers work. You know, I don't, I don't understand the, the ones and the zeros and how all they, that works, but I don't fear it as inherently evil. 
I, I recognize it's just a tool. Now, again, it can be used for good or for bad. It can be used to write a sermon, um, or it can be used to look at pornography, right? It can be used for, um, you know, teaching a, a godly uh, lesson about Scripture, or it can be used to... Defraud folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it can be used in a multitude of different yeah. ways. But we shouldn't fear the technology just because maybe we don't understand it or know exactly how it all works. Uh, that doesn't mean it's inherently evil um, because uh, I don't understand of it. And, and one of the things that I, I, I remember hearing uh, an elder pastor uh, talk about one time, we were having a conversation, and he was uh, he pastored for... Uh, man, maybe fifty years or so. Pastored a long time, and he he was talking. We were talking about technology, and I was talking to him about you know all the technological changes that he's seen in his lifetime, and and all those different things. And in the course of our conversation, he said, you know, he said, Pastor Tim, I my generation, he said, in within our circles that we fellowship with, we missed the technological tool of television. He said, we preached against it, we t- said it was evil and that you shouldn't have anything to do with it. And because we disassociated ourselves with it, it was all evil. The church had no or very little interaction with it. They didn't try to use it for good um, or for as a medium to reach literally millions of people within their households. Instead, we said it was inherently evil mm-hmm. as a tool. And he said, you know, my generation, we we missed an opportunity to reach millions of people with a tool because we looked at the tool and we feared it and we said that it was inherently evil. And I think that is something that we, uh, within every generation, have to look at and say, okay, what is the current technology that we're in right now that we might have a posture of wanting to be afraid of it? And think it's inherently evil instead of recognizing, no, it's just a tool that is neither morally evil by itself or morally good, but that can be, and we're going to talk about this here in a little bit, but can be used for morally good things to reach our generation, right? Uh, and we saw this again, you know, um, within social media. When social media first came out, a lot of people said yeah. it's morally evil, right? And then this funny thing happened in 2020 <laughs> called COVID. And yeah. All of a sudden, Facebook Live was okay. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, kind of throwing stones here, but like no, a, it's a lot true. of places, yeah. like all of a sudden, okay, we are being demanded by mm-hmm. our government, which is another whole you know, sure. podcast in of itself mm-hmm. to, you know, not gather. And um, we're going to go live now mm. on Facebook. And, you know, and, and there was a lot of good, though, honestly, that came out of that because then sure. people saw. You know, the good mm-hmm. that could happen. And, and to your point of that pastor, we all have TVs in our pocket now. Mm, exactly. You know, t- technology is going to advance and it's going to be different iterations of mm-hmm. it. And so coming about it with a posture of, okay, this is immoral. Mm-hmm. How can the church leverage this yeah. to share the good news? And to not have a posture of fear uh, towards technology, yeah. I think is the big thing that I want to sure. And, and there recognize. needs to be like a, a righteous fear, you know, an understanding that, you know, this this could have great implications, mm. you know, for good or bad. Mm-hmm. And we need to be careful in how sure. we use it, how we approach it. Just don't go all gung-ho into any new thing that comes out. But um, uh, to, like you said, accept that it's, you know, it yeah. can be good or bad and yeah. use it well. I think, yeah. So, so the idea is we want to be wise with how we use it yes, so correct. that we use it well, but to not have a posture of fear towards it. For anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you know, I, I think of, you know, this is an example that is 
uh, you know, one that is sensitive maybe, but like a lot of times people look at technology and they associate it with the mark of the beast. Right. Uh, and we have a whole podcast yeah. on the mark and of really the beast. And really that goes back to a fundamental <laughs> misunderstanding of what the mark of Ex- the beast is. Exactly. And it, the mark of the beast has absolutely zero connection to technology. Like yeah. it's, it's it, it doesn't in any way, shape or form is which is really any, funny because i wonder if you kind of go back and look at like where that started because mm, i have heard like barcodes when yeah. barcodes first came out you know yeah, that was a really sure, big deal sure. so there's yeah kind of looking into the history yeah, there. social yeah. security numbers yes. and all uh-huh. these type of things right but what it shows it reveals is a fundamental posture of fear mm. towards technology based on the unknown and, based, and even the unknown of scripture itself mm, and sure yeah yeah what the bible is trying to tell us yeah a fundamental hermeneutical and exegetical uh, failure to interpret scripture um, and to associate technology with the mark of the beast. But what I'm trying to help us to understand is, is one of the things I think within human nature is recognizing like, like fear as an entity, it, it sells. Oh, it's a motivator. And and it's a motivator. And it's a, you know, this alarmist doomsday warning you know, that Satan is <laughs> is behind this technology, it it, it garners people's effect, attentions and like, oh yeah. my, this is this is this is I, I, mean, I need you, to pay, pay. They, they're viral on YouTube exactly and shared right. in Christian websites. Exactly. We've all seen the crazy videos yeah. and you know yeah. all and, this stuff. And and it's what we want to recognize within those is that that's fundamentally an unbiblical posture that God has not given us this, that spirit of fear, that we shouldn't be afraid of technology that really, the scripture tells us that the only thing we're really to fear is God. <laughs> the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. And so we should fear him ultimately, but we shouldn't fear uh, uh, this tool of technology, whatever the tool may be and whatever iterations that it might have throughout time as something that we should abstain from Simply because um, it's you know a new tool that we we're not familiar with. Uh, so, uh, in an, another error in thinking about being afraid of technology, it, it goes like this. So, so they think like if the enemy uses a certain tool for evil, then the Christian shouldn't use it so that they won't be associated with it. So, if the enemy uses a certain tool for evil, then that means that the Christian can't use that tool. Because they don't want to be associated with what you know the, the enemy is using for that tool, and if you follow that logic, then the Christian literally couldn't use any ty- any tool, any type of technology. Right? The yeah. Christian would be forbidden from using any type of technology because Satan, as a you know, as the one who wants to corrupt uh, and 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 use the the sinful nature of humanity, he's going to use every tool that humans create for uh, evil purposes, right? That's that's what he's going to do. And so he's he's a master of corruption and that's the only thing he can really do is is, is corrupt that which is created. And so in short, the Christian ought not to have a fear of any technology and instead should recognize that te- technology is really fundamentally just a tool that can be used for good or for evil and just because Satan uses a tool for evil doesn't mean that the Christian can't use it for morally good things. Classic example of the hammer. 
it can be constructive mm. and build, or mm-hmm. it can be destructive. Yeah, it's all yeah, in you how can kill you somebody use with it. a hammer, <laughs> or you can build a house with it. Absolutely. Yeah. So the third principle that I want us to think about, thinking about technology, is that technology does not undermine God's sovereign rule, and Christians should look for ways to use technology for godly purposes. So um, Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 16.4 that the Lord hath made everything for its own purpose. And as the sovereign ruler of this world and over all humanity, over all creation, God's intention for technology to be in our world, he, God intended that technology be a part of our world because he created us as beings that were capable of creating uh, and innovating various things. And he gave us, God gave us the ability to create tools. And God has sovereignly given us the ability to create technology. And as his image bearers, our creating is actually a reflection of the creator. Oh, that's good. Like the fact that we create things and that we are, uh, you know, seek to uh, improve in our technology and try to strive for uh, advancement in technology is really a, a small picture of the fact that we are created beings that are that we have a creator that our creator has put that within us to, to desire to do that uh, so however as created beings god has limited our ability to be that the fact that we will always be under the rule of the creator like yeah, the created sure. uh-huh. cannot usurp or advance in their creation above the creator mm-hmm. It's impossible for us to do that. In fact, uh, one of the most glorious created beings, Satan himself, tried to do that, and it ended it in failure. Out so well, exactly. I've been going through Genesis and meditating through a lot of those stories, and like the Tower of Babel is really awesome because they 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 made bricks mm-hmm. technology. Like like this was mind blowing mm-hmm. at the time that they made bricks. And they're like, let's make a name for himself. Let's, mm-hmm. let's become like God, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. built that tower. And that's not what they were supposed to be doing. They were mm-hmm. supposed to be going forth and multiplying. So prime example here of they created something that was, they was making something fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, but God's sovereignty, you know, he comes mm-hmm. down and he disperses them. Yep. You know, so I think that's a, is, am I right there? Yeah, absolutely. Good example yeah. of yeah, know, exactly. technology that's being created, but mm-hmm. it may not be used for what, you know, mm-hmm. God's will is still being, he, he still has the authority. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The Tower of Babel is a great example of God's sovereign rule over man's creative ability. And that no matter how creative we can be, exactly. we still fall under, you know, exactly that he has the, the power to, to, you know, as the ultimate creator to, to do anything within creation, including stopping the creation from creating <laughs> yeah right this, this goes back to and we hammer it over and over again but like kingdom thinking mm. you know we want to be our own kings mm-hmm. we want to build our own kingdom sure but, but god's kingdom is the one that will reign overall in yeah the end. yeah and so fundamentally humanity they cannot we cannot create technology 
and, and technological powers beyond the control of God. And therefore, all of our technological creation, they f- it falls under his sovereign authority and control. And because of this, we should look for ways that technology can aid us in advancing God's rule in this world, that the Creator has allowed us as humans to create. And we should look for ways, and we're going to talk about this here in a little bit, but look for ways in which we can use technology to advance God's kingdom in this world, and, and in fact are really doing that which God would want us to do to advance his kingdom in this world and to use technology as part of that is, you know, it's just, it fits exactly with what God has called us to do as, as created beings. We are fulfilling and, and spreading out the kingdom of God uh, and to use creative sources to do that is uh, a completely biblical theme. So one of the things I often think about is I think about how would the Apostle Paul use 21st century technology to advance the gospel? Like Bro, I, he'd be TikToking away, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think about that a lot, you know, yeah. especially, I don't know why this is, but every time I fly, I think about that. I think oh, about, like, yeah. as I'm flying 35,000 feet above the ground, I think about how how powerful a tool that i have in an airplane that how jealous in a in a godly jealousy way that the apostle paul would be that i have this tool and he didn't oh man like and maybe even flip it a little bit like how condescending he would be to us you have this exactly and what are you doing with it yeah you literally yeah. have the ability so to good. spread the gospel via technology, via the internet. To the whole world. Right. In a moment. In a moment. And you're squabbling over whether or not we should. <laughs> exactly. Seriously? You're like, it's yeah. like, let's smack over here. You know? Yeah, oh. exactly. Uh, and, you know, think of what Paul went through in all of his missionary journeys and the, uh, you know, the things that he suffered as a consequence of the limitations of technology that he had in his day, but his willingness to use whatever technology that he had in his day to spread the gospel. Um, you know, again, I, I think about that and, and thinking about how can I, how can I use the technology of my day to spread the, the, the gospel, to spread the, 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 you know, message of the kingdom of God in our present world how can I do that? And that's honestly one of the reasons why we have this podcast is <laughs> because this is a technology. This is a way of uh, of of getting into uh, you know the world and getting into people's uh, you know the message of the gospel, spreading it out. And so, I, uh, how can we do this? So we use all sorts of technology to to spread the gospel. So I think the Apostle Paul would have a podcast. I think he would have uh, a YouTube channel. I think he would have. Uh, you know, these technologies, he would use the internet, he would use planes, he would use all these means to spread the gospel. And so I want to use it as well uh, and to recognize that God has the sovereign rule over these things mm-hmm. and that um, I should look for ways for how technology can be uh, used for godly purposes. So again, rabbit trail question, what would you say to the person that would say that real change can only come about from personal relationships with individuals Mm. and that your 15 second short 
or your quick mm. YouTube video isn't going to really have eternal impact. Mm. What would you say to that? Because I've heard that argument before, mm. um, uh, and I don't know if I have an answer for it. Mm, yeah. So I think you recognize the Holy Spirit fundamentally can do whatever he wants with as big or as little as Going something back to is. sovereignty. Yes. So, I mean, God spoke through a donkey. Right? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. So I think he can use a 15-second clip. That's good. To speak to somebody. Now, um, now is, you know, there's different means of ways that we can connect with people, right? And so maybe in a 15-second clip, you're not able to have a deep relationship with somebody. and You're not able to disciple them and really walk through a journey of growing spiritually with them. But you could plant a seed. But you could plant a seed and you could, um, you know, the Spirit of God could speak to that person in 15 seconds very easily. Um, now do you need maybe a, a different platform to really disciple somebody? Probably, right? Um, but may, perhaps that 15 second leads to them following you yeah. and to building a relationship with you. That's what I would say. You mm -hmm. know, they, they always talk in business and then you can, you know, relate that to ministry, but like next steps. Mm -hmm. And so leading someone to a sure. place where you can help them. So that 15 second video might have a tag at the end, mm -hmm. you know, pushing them to something where they can go deeper and learn more. For sure. Absolutely. And, um, you know, fundamentally, the, one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast was out of a desire for discipleship. Yeah. Because you'd have people that would ask you questions mm -hmm. and you had 15 seconds sure. with them. You couldn't sit down for an hour, talk about the will of God, mm -hmm. you know, the sovereignty of God or what is the mark of the beast. Right. Yeah. And you wanted to be able to say, you know what? Here's the short answer, but then go listen to this. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And as a tool of discipleship. So this is a longer form that does something a little bit different, right? And so, again, we want to think about uh, recognizing that all of these tools are under God's sovereign rule, and we should uh, be desiring to think about how can God use these, uh, use us through these means to spread the gospel, to disciple people, to help people to come to know Christ uh, instead of just again looking at them as uh, well, this is evil. This is this is unknown, and uh, you know Satan can use it. You know, there's a lot of bad podcasts out there too, <laughs> right? But that doesn't mean we shouldn't use these means for the glory of God. So, with the the light side of the moon, there is the dark side <laughs> of the moon. So, transitioning over maybe to some negatives that mm. come along with technology. Yeah. So, I want to also I don't want to paint it as just something that roses and rainbows. Right. I want yeah. us to also uh, have maybe some warnings to think about these tools and how we should uh, caution about how we use them. And we're going to talk a little bit here about your question earlier. But the fourth principle that I want us to think about is that technology can lead towards self-sufficiency and idolatry. That technology can lead towards self-sufficiency and idolatry. Paul talked uh, about in, uh, to the Corinthians, he said, all things are lawful for me, but all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I, will be not, I won't be dominated by anything. Mm. Okay, So one of the pitfalls of humanity and one of the inherent uh, qualities of our fallenness is our ability to worship ourselves and our ability to worship um, our creation, that we create things that we want to then worship those things and idolize those things and feel uh, that we are self-sufficient because we have these tools. 
humanity is a master crafter of idols. Like we are professional <laughs> idol makers. Like we are so good at it. And we have this impressive ability to make an idol out of anything. Like we are really good at creating idols out of literally anything other than, you know, what, uh, instead of worshiping God. Yeah. Opposed so, to worshiping God, so before we, we go will any, choose anything else. Before yeah. we go any further, what is your definition of an idol? What mm. is an idol? Yeah, so an idol fundamentally is to worship something in the place of God. Okay, so that literally means anything. Yeah, yeah. So we can make an idol out of literally anything. And the way I like to think about it is like, so thinking about it like a, a spokes of a wheel. So God should be the center, right? And we should worship him. Uh, the first commandment, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve, right? Uh, that is the spoke. And all of these other things in our life, you know, come out of that spoke. Yeah. And when we put God outside of that center, even if he's a part of this, the wheel, even if he's part of the circle. He's not where he needs to be. He's not where he needs to be. And we put, So something is going to be in the center. Yes. And that something is totally up to us. Right, exactly. Um, and, you know, even from the Garden of Eden, we can look and see that we have, as humans, we continually seek wisdom outside of God uh, and desire to worship our self-sufficiency. So Eve reaches for the fruit in hopes to know like God knows. Exactly. To gain wisdom that uh, that you know I can I can achieve wisdom outside of God and I can um, I can use this means, this fruit as a means of uh, building my own kingdom and building my own uh, uh, you know knowledge and my own abilities. And instead of submitting to God and to his wisdom and to submit ourselves under his rule, uh, we're really good at, at, at seeking other means. And when, when it comes to self-sufficiency, we can begin to trust in our technology and our tools instead of the power of the gospel. And if we do that, we really are in dangerous grounds. So... You know, you think about it, fundamentally, self-sufficiency at its core is pride. It's boasting in our abilities. I can do this without the help of God, without needing God. I am self-sufficient. I can, I can, I don't have to pray for my daily bread. I don't have to, uh, you know, seek God as a source of my sufficiency. I can go to Google. I can go to um, you know these other sources. I can trust in my uh, resources or my yeah. abilities. So, like Chat GPT, it mm. is phenomenal at giving you information, mm -hmm. information that is right, mm -hmm. that is correct. Generally speaking, generally speaking, yeah, there, <laughs> sure. there, there are some caveats there. Um, but just the information is not enough. Mm. Being spirit led goes beyond just the mere facts of the matter. Sure. Because the facts could point in one direction, but God knows something that's pointing in another. Exactly, yeah. And that's what Paul tells the Corinthians. He talks about how that, you know, that the, the, that through the foolishness of preaching that the gospel has gone forth and that, that, you know, he said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. I didn't come with flowery, you know, things, but I just came with the simplicity of the gospel. And 
one of the things that we have to recognize as spiritual beings, especially as Pentecostals that believe in, you know, spirit-filled walking with God, is that we cannot depend on physical tools to win spiritual battles. So we, we cannot trust in battle not against flesh and blood. Exactly. Yeah. Paul tells us that that we our our warfare, our battle is not about fundamentally technology and it's not about these physical things, but it's about the spiritual aspects. And again, not to minimize the use of technology, but just to recognize its limitations. That that fundamentally People aren't going to be spiritually changed because we were the most technologically advanced uh, presentation, or that we had, uh, you know, the 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 slickest technology. That's not going to move the the needle on spiritual matters. But we have to use spiritual tools such as prayer and spiritual disciplines, fasting, and 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 scripture and those type of things in order to move the needle spiritually. And I guess. What we have to recognize and what I want to point out in is that while we want to use technology and we value it and we don't think it's of the devil and we don't um, you know, uh, fear it, we also want to recognize its limitations that it can't do things that are spiritual because fundamentally it's a physical tool, right? And physical tools can't do the spiritual thing, that they're spiritual things that are at play here. And so we we want to use physical tools as God would give them to us and as we we would use them, but we don't trust in them as the means of winning spiritual battles. Does that make sense? Do you see that? And one of the temptations that can come with uh, technology is, uh, well, I have this technology, I will use this technology to uh, to do spiritual things, even though we may not say that intuitively, um, that's fundamentally what we can do if we're not careful. And so if some piece of technology is dominating your affections and you find yourself creating an idol in your life, uh, an inability to, um, to not handle it well, right? Paul says, I'm not going to be dominated by anything. I'm not going to let anything have a, a, a rule over my life. So if if I find that some tool of technology is has dominated my life and is controlling my affections, then it's critical that I remove that. Again, maybe not necessarily because the tool is inherently evil, but for me, it has become a a means by which it is dominating my life, and I I don't want anything to dominate and to control me to where it would have an idle uh, place in my life. Yeah, and you may say, like, how do I know? And there's really cool pieces of tech within <laughs> our phones called screen time. Yeah. It'll tell you what your idols are. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it's, it's, it's very, um, uh, it's very uh, open, mm-hmm. and it, it's facts. Mm-hmm. This is what you are pouring your time into. Mm-hmm. This is how many hours. Mm-hmm. It'll tell you how much it's up or down from the last <laughs> week. Yeah. And um, uh, it can be very convicting. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things, uh, if you have an iPhone, um, they you know will send you those weekly reports. And yep. 
I, I think this is true for everybody. I know for me, anyways, it happens on Sunday. Does it happen yeah, it for does. everybody? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I love the fact that it's on Sunday. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. like uh, I think that's, for me anyways, that's a, um, a healthy thing that it happens in the moment where I'm about to worship God is it's this, um, this little check um, of my, uh, you know, tech, my interaction with technology. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I love the fact that it's on yeah. Sunday. We, um, uh, we were teaching a teen science school class here for a while, and that was something we did every week for a little mm. bit. Like, all right, let's see the screen time. Oh, man. Some people were super proud. Oh, yeah, this, this, this. Some people, like, they didn't want to say a word. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's real. It shows where your heart lies. Mm, yeah. And so, again, it's a tool that can, and, and it ref, it can reflect what is and will reflect what is within our, our hearts and our lives. And so, so we should use that tool, yep. that screen time mm-hmm. to curve, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to use this technology. Okay. I'm seeing where I'm, I'm struggling here mm-hmm. or I'm making some idols of some things in my life, mm-hmm. putting things before God or before my family, mm-hmm. you know. And where can I fix this? Sure, absolutely. And so recognizing that is an important part of technology, that that technology can lead towards self-sufficiency and it can produce idolatry. Uh, So we want to just guard against that. We want to watch that in our life to ensure that it doesn't um, because technology, again, is not inherently evil, but it can lead towards things that are unspiritual. So going back to my question I asked earlier, you know, in TikTok or the, any of these other short form content, mm-hmm. you know, just hitting you one right after another, maybe there's a person out there who's having some trouble mm-hmm. with that. What, mm-hmm. what would be your response to them? Yeah. I, again, I think I would talk, uh, use Paul's word about thinking about if this is dominating you, um, then it probably needs to be out of your life if it's dominating you. And those, um, they're, they're designed in a lot of ways, to dominate you, right? Yes. Um, but they can dominate towards things that are, you know, in TikTok's case, you know, there are spiritual content on there. You can find spiritual content on there, and you can be fed in that and be led in that. Um, but if you're finding that it's dominating you towards unspiritual things, yeah, and you're not able to control that, mm-hmm. then maybe you do need to get rid of that. And not just with TikTok, but all of social media is designed to keep you there and yep. designed to keep you scrolling. And, and it's, it's, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. There's some crazy tech in there, but like with discovery algorithms and th- they know what you watch. Mm-hmm. Yep. How and they'll long, give you more of it. How long you mm-hmm. linger yep. on a certain type style of video, then that's going to kick you down a stream mm-hmm. of other similar videos. Cause they want to keep you on there for as long as possible. Right. And so your feed is a reflection of what you've been ingesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's a mirror. Um, recognizing that um, if it's dominating you towards ungodly things, then perhaps for you, you should get rid of it or uh, put some controlling limits on it if, if you don't yeah. get rid of it completely. Uh, and, so that it and I encourage accountability mm-hmm. in this as well. Find mm-hmm. a spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say a peer, sure. but a, a leader in your life that you trust and mm-hmm. maybe you're having a problem and get some help with and mm-hmm. uh, that 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 will tenfold yes. help you in that situation. Yeah. yeah, and we'll um build a relationship with a spiritual leader in your life too, which is uh, an added benefit. So yeah, when we think about technology, we we need to recognize that it can lead to a distracting of our life that could ultimately hinder our spiritual life. And so one of the subtle negativities of technology 
especially, you know, think about social media or internet or those type of things, can be that it can distract us from living a spiritually vibrant life. And so uh, it, it's important that we recognize that if these, uh, these technologies are keeping us so busy and distracted that our attention from spiritual things is you know waning that we aren't we aren't focusing on spiritual things that we we guard against that and we uh put safeguards in our life to avoid that one of the things that i i loved that john piper says about technology he says one of the greatest values of social media will be to prove on the last day that prayerlessness and lack of Bible reading was not from a lack of time. Yeah, there, there is a ultimate screen time, mm, <laughs> screen yeah. time of our life. Exactly, yeah. And on the judgment day, yeah. um, we'll be held accountable for how we use technology or how we allowed it to use us. For sure. Uh, and how, whether we used it for good or allowed it to yeah. be used for evil. And so... Uh, again, this tool of technology is advancing, and yeah. it's it's in every facet of our lives now. Yeah. I, and as I a think, church, we have to we have to come to grips with that and recognize that it's yes. not going away. Technology no. is not going not away at all. And so we have to think about you know how is this technology impacting my spiritual life? Is it distracting me? Is it is it causing me to uh, you know not pray mm-hmm. and not read the Bible mm-hmm. like I need to? And if it is then we need to guard against that yeah. and allow uh, the Spirit of God to help us in that. As a whole, I think we want to be distracted. Mm. We, we can't stand downtime. Mm. It is so, it's so funny to watch people in line mm. or if, yeah. you're, if, if someone's phone dies, we do not know what to do with <laughs> ourselves. I mean, how are we going to spend this next 30 seconds waiting for the next person to step up? Mm-hmm. If, you know, and that distraction that we want mm-hmm. to keep us in our own world, yeah. because then it's funny because if you, if you don't have your phone or you actually kind of did an experiment at the yeah. beginning of this year, yeah. uh, you went to a flip phone for yeah. a couple of weeks yeah, and then even kind of a dumb, you know, smartphone after a while. Yeah. And it, it was, w- it was challenging. It was incredibly hard. Like it literally felt like I mean, I, I had genuine separation anxiety from getting rid of my smartphone and, you know, just going to a flip phone. I like, it was, it was, I can't even describe it. It was like I was losing an arm. Like, I know people talk about that, you know, I've had all my phone, I feel like I've lost a limb. Like, no, you just misplaced it for a while, but you knew you were, you could go back and get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you could go find uh-huh. it again. You didn't really lose it. You and just, it was interesting because you said it was small things like not having the opportunity to have maps Yep. in a moment. Like, Ooh, what if I need to go somewhere that I don't know where it's at? Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty five years ago, that I mean, was GPS was coming out, but it was still clunky. It was yeah. you know they got the big old Garmin, you got to mm-hmm. load in the map, but it was uncommon. Mm-hmm. You know, now at our fingertips, you need to know something. Mm-hmm. You said just not having internet, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> readily at your fingertips. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And uh, I mean, it was an incredibly profitable for me, anyways, uh, yeah. spiritual discipline um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. of cutting that off for a season. Um, now, does everybody need to do that? No, of course not. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. But what I am suggesting is recognizing within your own spiritual life where you might need to draw some lines mm-hmm. to make sure that spiritually your spiritual life is growing and that you're not being allowing technology to um, negatively impact your spiritual life. Yeah, allowing this tool to cause your spiritual life to have harm. Uh, and we should then, in a moment, have uh, an awareness of mm-hmm. our surrounding, mm-hmm. our family, mm-hmm. our friends, even mm-hmm. more so. 
Yeah. So Liftenark knows that from the phone. Yeah. So fundamentally, we just want to recognize that technology is a tool that can be used for good or for evil. And we want to use it for good. We want to use it for the glory of God. And we don't want this tool to become a means of causing spiritual harm in our lives. And so that's what we want to guard against and watch against, while at the same time not saying that all technology is evil and that we should uh, disassociate ourselves from all technology, but to recognize that it's something that as created beings, God has called us to create and has birthed that within us. And that's fundamentally a good thing. And so we want to use technology for the glory of God and not allow it to be something that dominates us in an unhealthy, unbiblical way. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Questions of Faith podcast. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing and writing a review on your preferred audio platform. That would really help us out. This show was produced by Brad Stevens, theme music by the band Liquify. Questions of Faith is a ministry of Faith Tabernacle Assembly of God located in Denton, Texas. The goal of this podcast is to equip the modern day Christian with answers to timeless questions. If you would like to submit a question that may be highlighted on the show, you may do so by emailing us. That email address is questions at ftdenton.com. You may also submit a question by messaging our Facebook page, Questions of Faith Podcast. And until next Monday, God bless.